Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Let's do some other things here. I've got some really interesting things to share with you tonight. I think you'll really be blessed. Um, let's get to our first scripture. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 2, Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 2. And I'll tell you what verse in just a second because I didn't write it down. First Samuel chapter two. In verse 30. And before we read it, let's just ask the Lord for a little just some more help. Father, we ask that as we look to your word further right now, that you would open our eyes. Answer questions that we've been having about life, things. Solve problems tonight, Lord. We believe in your miracle power. Perform miracles inside, outside, wherever help is needed tonight. We ask that it would come forth right now and meet the needs of the people, whether they're in this room or watching online or listening to an archive later. We're asking that your power and your love would come on the scene in these next few minutes through your word, by your spirit, and fix things that only you can fix. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. So 1 Samuel chapter 2, and then they're going to put up on the screen the little JPEG we have after we read this. Verse 30. This is the prophet Samuel. This is actually God speaking through the prophet Samuel to Eli, who was not doing real good as a priest. Wherefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I indeed, I said indeed that your house And the house of your father, Eli, should walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And those that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. All right, so Eli, the priest, was not honoring God. He was doing some dishonoring things. And it's real interesting because... Um, he calls dishonor, God calls dishonor lightly esteeming things that should be more esteemed. He didn't call dishonor spitting and cussing. He called dishonor just don't esteem enough. Don't esteem like you should. This is really important because I think a lot of people know, well, I'm honoring the Lord. I mean, I'm a, and, I, and I have no doubt that everybody in this room is to a degree honoring the Lord. And I'll prove it to you. You wouldn't be in his church tonight if you didn't have some honor for God. But the title of this is honoring God more. Growing in this thing called honor for the Lord. And as we read these scriptures here and, and go through the rest of the night, you're going to see that this is, this is the answer to so many people's prayers. Let me put it like this. You can't get through begging God for something that only living in honor will bring to you. 
All right, some things come into our life because of the way we live. You can't get them all through prayer. Some things are going to happen in our life because of the way we're living, because we're living for the Lord, walking in things like honor and walking in love and walking by faith and not by sight. And so this scripture tells us a real, we'll talk a little bit more about what honor is, but this tells you right here, despising does not mean you spit, hate, you know, just scream and yell. Despising means you're lightly esteeming when you should be heavily esteeming. This is why a lot of people don't see it. Well, I esteem the things of God as much as you should or just till it's convenient. See, lightly esteem is is despising, it says right here in this verse. So um, I want to read you a couple things here now. I want you to keep this phrase in mind. God said, those that honor me, I will honor, says the Lord. All right, those that, anybody interested in the Lord honoring you? more. (laughs) Well, here's the interesting thought. We regulate how much he can honor us. It's not something he does just because he wants to, because he's God. He can honor us more when we honor him and his things more. And here's the key. When God honors you, you totally know it. And so does everybody around you. It's visible. It's real. It's powerful. And it's tangible. Now, I'm going to read you about five scriptures to show you ways God honors you when you honor him more. Anybody interested? It's not invisible. Okay. It's not just a goosebump. It's powerful in this life and, of course, in the life to come. So I'd like you to do this with me. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter. Oh, let's see here. Proverbs. chapter 3. And do you guys have the contemporary English version in the back? CEV? Yes, you do. Good. So let's put up on the screen Proverbs 3, verse 7 through 8 out of the CEV. This is a modern, more modern um, paraphrase translation. But I want you to see now, keep this in mind. Okay, you ready, church? Here we go. Tonight, we're going to talk about the benefits of honoring God more. Is anybody excited about that? You're going to see all kinds of prayers would be answered. People would just honor God more instead of keep praying all the time. So look up here on the screen. Don't ever think that you are wise enough, but respect or honor the Lord and stay away from evil. That word respect could be translated honor. Now, if you do this, it'll make you healthy. And you'll feel strong. <laughs> All right, so let's just ask a question right here. Anybody interested in being healthy and feeling strong? Then what should we be interested in? Well, begging God for more health and begging God for more strength. No, we should be asking God for revelation on what it means to honor him more. Because if we honor him more, these things will start showing up more in our life. Go back, read, read both verses again. Don't ever think that you are wise enough. Well, I I know what to do. I don't need to read no scriptures. I don't need to go to no church services. Stop. Don't ever think you're wise enough, but respect the Lord and stay away from evil. And those two go together, you know. Next verse. This will make you healthy. So respecting the Lord more 
Could it produce more health in our life? More wholeness in our life? Absolutely. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna read, the, do you have the uh, easy to read version? Because if you don't, I have it up here, the ERV of verse eight. The Bible says, if you do this, if you honor the Lord and stay away from evil, it'll be like a refreshing drink and medicine for your body. So what's, what's, what's this all about? God teaching us, you know, things like this, like, you know, honoring the Lord and staying away. What's this all about? God being God and we're his puppets and he just God. So he's just going to tell us what to do. Or is it about him loving us and us coming up in these areas of health and strength and prosperity? That's what it's about. Anytime God tells you to do anything is because he loves you. And it's really, really good for you. Even if you don't think it is, even if it doesn't seem like it is. God didn't lie, and if he tells you to do it, it's because he loves you, and it's really, really, really good for you and everybody else. Did you notice in the scripture during the offering that when Abraham obeyed the Lord, it affected all his children? Everybody else got blessed because he obeyed the Lord? It's amazing how many people are affected by our obedience to God and our respect for God in a positive way. It's not just about us being blessed. It's about us being a blessing. So he said, if you do this, if you honor the Lord, and if you um, stay away from evil, it'll be a refreshing drink and medicine for your body. One translation says, if you do this, honor the Lord and stay away from evil, it'll be like good medicine, healing your wounds and easing your pains. Wow, that's good. What, 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 what <laughs> will promote the healing of your wounds and the easing of your pain? What will produce that? Honoring God more. Now, th this, I like to get practical down to earth where the rubber meets the road. You know, like, okay, Lord, what do you mean honor you? You're in heaven geographically in a whole nother realm called the spirit world. And I'm here on the earth in the midst of all this crazy stuff. What do you mean honor you? Glad you asked that question. Because it comes in very practical ways at times. Honoring the things of God, honoring God-appointed leadership, honoring uh, church, honoring His Word. And we'll break that down a little bit more in just a minute, but I wanted to get this out now. Um, another translation, God's Word translation of Proverbs 3.8 says this, if you honor the Lord, all right, or if you grow in your honor for God, it says your body will be healed and your bones will have nourishment. So number one, out of many promises, it affects our health. Yeah. Yeah. It affects our health. There's something about honoring God that is good for your health. I hope this wets your spiritual whistle tonight to where you really want to know what honor is and you really, really want to know how to do it more for the Lord. Now go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. Actually, go to Proverbs 3. You're still there, right? Okay, let's just, let's just read 9 and 10 since we're there. Can we do that? King James is fine back there in the back. Are you still in Proverbs 3 or did you leave it already? Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. What does it say? Somebody look on the screen. What does that say? Honor. <laughs> That's old English. Honor the Lord. Now, watch me, church. Watch this. Honor the Lord How? By going like this, saying, Lord, I honor you. 
It's more substantial than that. Honor the Lord with your stuff. Yield everything you got to him. Say, God, my life's in your hands. You want me to use my car for something you want me to do? I'll do it. You want to pick somebody up, bring them to the church? My money's yours. My time's yours. My stuff's yours. My house is yours, Lord. Honor the Lord with your substance by saying, Lord, it's, it's yours. You ever need it? Let me know. Amen. You know, you get like that. God starts bringing a lot of cool stuff in your life because <laughs> he knows you're going to use it for him when he wants it. He wants you to enjoy it too, don't get me wrong. But if he ever needs it, what should we be? Be like, Abraham, God, I'll liquidate it and, and do whatever you, I'll, I'll do whatever you say. I'll give stuff away. Honor the Lord, how? 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 With your substance. And with the first fruits of all your increase. There's tithing in that. I'm not saying it's limited to tithing, but tithing is in that. First fruits of all your increase. One-tenth of all of our paychecks, we cut off before we even think about anything. Needs, vacation, bills, it's God's. We put it in a God envelope. Been doing this for over three decades. And we, we tithe that to the church. And then we have an offering account above that, and we pull out of that and give it to other projects in the church, or even beyond the church, or to the poor, or just because we feel like we want to bless a waitress with a hundred bucks, or whatever. And it's our offering account. To give away from our lives as the Lord would direct us or as we would see need to the poor. We've given to the poor many times. Um, and he says that's honoring him. Honor the Lord with your substance in the first fruits of all your increase. You want to know what the promise if you do it, do that? You want to read, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but read the next verse. So shall your barns. How many of you have barns? Well, then I guess you don't qualify. No, he's talking about bank accounts in our time, okay? Bank accounts, cupboards, refrigerators, where you store up. The Lord says if we honor him with our substance and the first fruits of all of our increase, our barns would be filled with plenty. What's that? Them that honor me, I will honor, saith the Lord. Right? Them that honor me, I will honor. What do you mean? Honor the Lord with your substance, the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out with new wine. And that's a symbol of a lot of prosperity, a lot of good stuff. Stuff that pleases you and, and, and you know, gives you some joy. How does it come? Supernaturally. Now you can work your finger to the bone and get a bunch of it, but God wants to bring it to you. How does it happen, guys? So I, 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 maybe we'll change its offering time to its honor the Lord time. It's honor the Lord time. Let's all stand up and prepare our offerings because that's what it is. And if we're honoring the Lord, He can honor us. And it's more than just putting money in a bucket. You really got to want to do it. All right. So we see that there, right? Honor the Lord. It's good for your health. Makes you strong. Honor the Lord, it's good for your finances. It's good for your material life, right? You want to see another one? Can you handle this? Okay, go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians, New Testament. Ephesians chapter 6. We're talking about benefits of honoring God more. Health, strength, healing, right? Prosperity, increase. Ephesians 6, verse 1 and 2. New Testament. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. 
And don't think your kids are just going to obey because this is in the Bible. It's a parent's responsibility to teach their children to obey. Should we be teaching our children to obey? Oh, I can see i got to change my whole message now. Yes. The answer, the answer to that is yes. We should teach our children lovingly to obey. What do we do if they don't obey? Spank them. <laughs> I know social services may not like that, but it's in the Bible. And we've got to draw the line in some of these places, right, guys? I don't believe in abusing children. Of course not. That's ridiculous. And I think some parents, you know, need to fear social services. But I think some parents also need to fear God a little bit more to where they never discipline their kids because they're afraid of social services. What about God? Are you concerned about how God feels? Because the Bible says he that spares the rod hates his child. And all the children said, amen. <laughs> Good thing the kids are in children's church tonight. It's a parent's responsibility to teach children to obey and to teach them these scriptures. Can you put those back up on the screen? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So, so we say obedience. But you have to not only train them to do what they're told to do, God wants you to train them to be willing to do it, not just rebelling while they're doing I'll take the trash out. I can't believe mom made me do that. I'll do it, but you got to get back to my video games. can't believe my mom and dad told me. What are you doing? That child's obeying. Now, now listen closely. That child must be corrected, even though they're doing what you told them to do, because the biggest problem is not that they're hesitant to obey. The biggest problem is there's a heart problem. There's a heart issue. Something's not right. There's no respect. There's no honor there. And if that's not developed in, in them when they're young, listen closely. If honor is not developed in your children when they're young and you don't discipline your children for, for raunchy attitudes, if you don't get that out of them when they're young, it will not be well with them. And they most probably will not live long on the earth. Oh, pastor, what are you saying? All right. Read the next verse. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Next verse. That it may be well with the children and that they may live long on the earth. So another benefit of learning honor, especially when we're young. We grew up, most of us grew up in a society where rebellion is cool. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, the Bible says. It ain't cool to God. Because it hurts his people. It opens the door to enemy forces. It, cause, it, it opens the door to demons to be able to take pop shots at people. I mean, I mean, this whole thing, the number one reason the devil wants people to be disrespectful, I'm going to do it my way, I don't have to tell anybody what me to do, don't you tell me to behave. Uh, the number one reason he, he's trying to do that to people is because the devil knows these scriptures. If people rebel, if people never learn honor, if kids never learn respect, it will not be well with them. They will encounter unnecessary adversity. Adversity that God never intended them to encounter simply because of not doing what they were supposed to do or learning what they were supposed to learn. Parents, it's so important. We spanked our children. We knew the limit. And we knew that when we spanked our children, we couldn't do it because they ticked us off. We had to do it because we wanted these scriptures to be in their life. So they would learn the lessons of God. And, and we, we spanked them. We had a paddle because the Bible says, He that spares the rod hates his child. 
I didn't want to hate my kids. It's hard. It takes a little maturity to spank your kids. It takes a degree of maturity to do and to do it without a, a wrong motive. And we spanked our kids. We didn't have to spank them very much because they, we, we, you know, they were always around the things of God. They went to children's church all the time. They were being developed at home, being developed at school, being developed at church, hearing these things. And um, we spanked our kids primarily for bad attitudes, more than even just not doing what they were told to do. We at times did, but again, very few. But I can remember the times we spanked them the most and the most serious times was because they had a rebellious attitude and we had to let them know that is not good for them. And thank God the Lord gave us teaching and helped us. I, mean, I grew up without a dad. I didn't hardly know anything about discipline. And, and it wasn't well with me when I left home. And I almost didn't live long on the earth if I hadn't called out to Jesus to save me from a devil's hell. I mean, I, I had the handcuffs. They threw me in jail. I mean, just weird stuff. I committed grand theft not two months ago. Okay, settle down. <laughs> 50 years ago, well, 40 years ago or something like that. But, um, but I got expunged. I've been expunged. Does anybody know what expunged means? Does anybody, I, I committed grand theft when I was like eight, 17 years old. I committed grand theft, sold a bunch of musical equipment, and I was on probation, went to jail for a little bit, was on probation. And after like three or four years of being really good Johnny, you know, really good guy. <laughs> praise God they didn't follow me around with a camera everywhere I went. But at least there was no more grand theft. But I got a letter from my probation officer from the courts that said John Gerald Capetto is officially and formally expunged from the grand theft. No one ever anywhere, law or anywhere, can ever bring up what I did in the grand theft area except me. I never have to put on an application that I ever committed a crime. That's called expunged. It's real close to what the blood of Jesus did for us in our redemption. It's as, it's as if we've never blown it. We don't get the punishment we deserve. You go look for the record and it's gone. It's not just white out. The paper's gone. <laughs> right? That's awesome. But it didn't go well with me. Just like the scripture said, and thank God before I was destroyed early in life. Somebody told me about Jesus and I got saved and I didn't have to reap all that stuff I sowed. So go, go back to those two scriptures again, please. Honor the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. What's the promise of learning honor? That it may be well with you. Well, days in the hospital are not well days. Days in jail are not well with me days. And so and here's the good news. If you didn't learn these things or your children didn't learn these things when you were parenting them, it ain't over yet. Right? You can still learn these things. It might be more like breaking hard cement and pouring a new mold because children are wet cement. You want to teach as much as you can while they're still moldable. But there's another benefit of, of honoring the Lord, honoring God more. What? What? That it may be well with you. Anybody like it may be well with you? Does anybody like that? that you like those words that it may be well with you and that you don't die young. That's live long, that you may live long on the earth. You don't die prematurely. 
How many, how many don't want to die prematurely? Cut off short in life. No, 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 no. Does honor and growing in honor have anything to do with divine protection? Does it? How many people are not with us today because of the dishonor and disrespect they've shown toward their authorities? You know, there's interesting scriptures in the Bible that talk about uh, God's servants. Actually, he's talking about government servants, how they don't bear the sword in vain. And, and I know there's, 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 there's been bad cops, but there's also good cops. And respecting authority is a biblical, God-given instruction to anybody who wants the highest and best life there is. So, let's now go to another scripture. Anybody having fun besides me? Okay, just listen a little longer. This, this is really good. I'm almost done. I have to quit here in a minute. But go to, um, go to Mark 6, Mark chapter 6. And I want to read you a couple of verses here, and we'll close in just a minute. But we can't close yet because I'm not done. <laughs> I really, you guys, I know in my heart that if we will learn this subject, grow in honor for the Lord, our lives are going to just soar into abundance and blessing, and we're going to see things happening that we've been praying to happen that just didn't seem to happen. If we make some tweaks in these areas we're talking about right now, we're going to see amazing things. So I want you to look at Mark chapter 6. And I have, um, did you say you did have the God's Word translation, GW? God's Word translation, I think you have that one. Go ahead and give me the green light there, guys, if you do. Nope, you don't have it. Okay. Um, How many have the King James Version Bible that you're reading out of right now? King James Version? Anybody besides me? Anybody have the New International Version? Tell me some of your translations. What do you, what do you, Amplified? What do you have? NIV? What translation? Huh? New Living? What do you guys have? NIV? Um, let's look at... Do you have New King James? Okay, let's read Mark chapter 6, verse 1 through 6 out of the New King James. So anybody liken the benefits of honoring God more besides me? Okay, health, strength, right? Prosperity, abundance, well with me, not being cut off short on the earth. Now, now this is Jesus. We're going to close with this, but this, you got to really focus on this. So this is absolutely amazing. Then Jesus went out from there and came to his own country. So he's coming home. Jesus is coming home. Say that with me. Jesus is coming home. Okay. To his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, Jesus began to teach in the synagogue. And many who were hearing him, they were astonished, saying, Whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this that is, which is given unto him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? So just hold off right here. Keep that up on the screen. Jesus is in his hometown went to church, and he started teaching. And it tells us here what a lot of his teaching was consistent of. He was talking about mighty works he had been doing in other places by the direction of his father. Or why would they say, I'm hearing this guy teach, and he's talking about all these mighty works. What mighty works? Ones he'd been doing in other cities. And listen, what he's trying to do 
is to build their faith so he can do these mighty works in this town, his hometown. Did you see that? They're, they're hearing Jesus teach and they're going, what? What wisdom is this which is given unto him that such mighty works? What mighty works? The ones he's teaching about. The ones he's preaching about that he did in other places. He wanted to do mighty works in his hometown and he's trying to get their faith to the level so he can. Do you see that? But now, but now look, they said, well, what, what's going on here? These mighty works that he's preaching about you know, are performed by his hands. Next verse. They said, isn't this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And it said, they were so glad he came to town, totally believed he was the son of God. What did it say? They were offended at Jesus Christ and his preaching. And if you know, you can see a little bit of what contributed to them being offended instead of excited. Like, wow, you did all those mighty works in Capernaum? Man, do them here, Jesus. Do them here. But instead, they're going, wait a second. Who does he think he is? I know this kid. He built me a table when he was a teenager. The carpenter, son of Mary. What are they doing? They're looking at Jesus totally in the natural. They do not see that he's anointed of God. They are not looking behind the scenes and realizing that God's in his life, performing powerful miracles. They're like, this is the son of Mary. We know his sisters. We know his brothers. We, he used to be a carpenter. Who does he think he is? And it said they were offended at him. What are we seeing here? No respect for Jesus Christ. No respect for the power of God on his life. No respect for his teachings. Right? And they were offended at him. Now, if you catch this truth right here, this could save you tons of heartache and, and problems in the future. What happens when you get offended at somebody? Well, number one, you can't receive from them. So no wonder the devil is constantly trying to get us offended at people that God's called to help us because you cannot receive from a church or a pastor or a minister you're offended at. And the devil wants you mad. He wants you offended at people who God sent to help you so you can't receive from them. Now, put that back up on the screen. Same verse. Okay, so they were offended at him, looking too much at the physical. Next verse. But Jesus said to these people who were offended at him, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. So what's he saying? He's saying, keep that scripture up there. He's saying, you guys, you, you're, you're not honoring. The honor is not there. And really, when you know people really, really, really well after the flesh, you have to be more and more and more on guard for what these guys fell into because you see somebody in the natural or laughing or joking or watching a movie or whatever, and then they're anointed. It's like, oh, that's just so-and-so. We watched the movie with them. You watch out because if they're the ones God's called to help you, you will actually cut yourself off from God being able to help you through them. How many know we got to shift at times from the family of God to the army of God? 
There's times we're in the family taking a break, and there's times we're on the battlefield in war, and on war, it's a little different, right? Now, before you go, you have to see this. Next verse, he said they dishonored, um, and it said Jesus. Oh, oh, what, what? Wait, wait. No, go back, go back. You're okay. Now, Jesus could. Not he wouldn't. Jesus could do no mighty work there, except he laid his hands on a few sick folk people and healed them. One translation says he got a few with minor ailments healed, but he couldn't do any mighty works. He wanted to do mighty works. He was preaching he was doing mighty works. In other places, he wanted to do mighty works in his hometown, but he couldn't. Didn't say he wouldn't. It said he couldn't. Can we limit God? Can we limit God from helping us through people who he sent to help us? Yeah, and it won't be they failed. It'll be we didn't respect like we could have and should have. Jesus was prayed up. He was anointed. He was ready to do mighty works. But the people shut the door on him from helping them in that place. Oh, man, I I remember... I just, I had a dream, I actually, years ago, and I was, I was waking up, and, and I had this dream, and President Bush was president at the time, and I'd, you know, been experiencing, there are a lot, of course, people are going to persecute the president, no matter who it is, Democrat, Republican, Independent, doesn't matter, somebody's going to come out of the woodwork and yield to the enemy and, and spew out junk. But um, I remember I was having this dream, and in this dream, just before I woke up, we were all, some guys were in the room, just, just hanging out. We are just all kind of slouched down, just kind of like this, you know, just, hey, how's it going, how's it going? And President Bush walked in, and we're just all slouched down going, that's President Bush. And the Spirit of God said, stand up. That's a leader. You need to respect him. And he showed me, how many of you realize we love everybody on the same level, but we honor on different levels according to positions and callings and I remember the Lord said he said when somebody you stand up for certain people when they walk in the room you stop talking when certain people walk in the room whoever you're talking with you defer at times you do these things he said because a lot of honoring God has to do with honoring people he's put in our lives to help us and the Lord said and and president I could tell President Bush wanted to do so much more for our country, but the people's disrespect wouldn't allow him to, just like in Jesus' life. He said, he said, he said the reason this man is not able to bring more help to this country is not because he's not able to, it's not because I couldn't do it through him, it's because the disrespect and the dishonor for this person I'm working through is not there, and they're cutting themselves off from seeing a president that would help them to be blessed on every level. I can't believe the president, he just blah, blah, blah. Well, the reason people are not getting help from their leaders is not because those leaders aren't able to help them. It's because they're putting a cutoff by their disrespect and dishonor. Oh, sure. Is God just going to pour all kinds of loving help through somebody that he sent and you're persecuting and slamming him at the same time? I don't think so. Now, I've seen this. We've been blessed from every president. Democrat, Republican, through the years. We've seen many elections. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why. 
But every, every four years, every time there's an election, I see people foaming at the mouth, mad, almost close to demon possession. I mean, just messed up, getting nothing from the president, nothing, just it's hell on earth for four years. And I'm going, man, that president's really helped us these four years. We're just cruising, man, this is awesome. And the Lord said, how come? Why are some blessed from their leaders and some totally foaming at the mouth, mad at their leaders? Why, why aren't they getting any, anything from their leaders? Obviously, the leaders got good things to give because many are getting good things. Why aren't some getting the good things? Well, it must not be the leader. Ding! It must be the receptivity of that leader and the respect. We don't have to... you got to get this understood. We don't have to agree with everything a leader does in order to honor them. The position. Hmm? The Bible says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For the powers that be are ordained of God. And Paul said that when there was non-Christian leaders in the land. Yeah, we're not going to agree with everything they do. We're not going to agree with everything. But that is not an excuse to dishonor. And the very word honor, the very word submit, tells us it ain't always going to be fun. And people of honor are not looking for the easy way out. They're looking to do what's, what's right, what's character, what's, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the guy that's always doing just enough. You don't ask me. I mean, I'll do just this much, but how about we go a little farther than that? Let's stand up. Well, I had fun tonight. I hope you did. Actually, it's, we're way beyond fun, guys. This is so necessary. So, so necessary. I... Um, I see a lot of people waiting for God to do amazing things and God's saying, honor me more and you'll see amazing things. I mean, really, is it, is it, well, let's just wait for God to move or is it, let's honor him more and he'll be able to move. I was, I remember one time I found a scripture in the Old Testament that said that they limited God from doing what he wanted to do in their life. How do you limit God from doing what he wants to do in your life? Easy. Disrespect, dishonor, he won't push or make anybody do anything, but we can open the door wider and wider by honoring him more. Um, there's a scripture in, in Timothy, and we'll get to it in our later series. Uh, we just barely started this, but um, and there's a lot more benefits than we got time to read tonight to honoring God more. But there's a scripture in Timothy where it says Christians need to know how to behave themselves. Now, nobody wants to be told, behave, right? <laughs> Tell me I have to obey and behave? Well, the, the interesting thing about it is godly leaders and God himself will not make anybody do anything. It's always like this. Submit yourself, because a leader, a good leader is not going to make you. Even in the area of husbands and wives, it says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. Husbands, don't make your wives submit. You will violate scripture and get in trouble with God. That scripture's not even written to men. It's written to wives. Wives, submit your... Should I get on to something else here? <laughs> Time to close. <laughs> but it's always submit yourselves. Humble yourself. 
Don't wait for somebody to make you do it. Then it's not even humility anyway. It's not even submission anyway. But there's a lot of things. The Bible says we ought to know how to behave ourselves in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And there's just some things the Lord's been quickening to me. We need to hear some of these things in these last days because we have got to see an increase of the power of God and we're not going to see it if there's not a more reverence. I mean, there, there's some things the Lord shared with me that I, I will share with fear and trembling as we go on in these messages, but there's some things even in my life, I mean, I, I, I'm, the Lord's correcting me and causing me to shape up in some areas. It's areas that I've been a little casual in, a little lax in. I'm talking inwardly primarily, but it's reflected on the outside too. And so I'm going to be corrected. I hope you will receive some correction because if we do, man, we can get on track with some powerful things and we can see the power of God in these last days like we've dreamed. So Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for giving us everything we need. Talk to us more about these things throughout the days and weeks. Expound these truths. Help us to see where we're at and help us to grow in these things for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 